The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence. As with the gladness of harvest, as, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden. The staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor is at the battle of Midian for every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders and, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. Say this with me. Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. All God's people said, Amen. You know who that's talking about? Jesus. <laughs> Boom. This is talking about Jesus. And in Scripture, outright calls Jesus Prince of Peace. So, so if you haven't guessed by now, we're starting up a new series. And in this, this series of messages is going to be called Peace. Can you all say Peace. And, and over this series, our hope and our goal and, and our heart behind the whole thing is to go, what does God's peace look like in our everyday lives? Can you say everyday lives? Because we don't want to just talk about concepts. Ugh, there's enough of that. We want to talk about what it looks like when God's power in its many manifestations interrupts the status quo. And how many of y'all know peace right now is not the status quo? It's not. I mean, you don't have to look far. There's so much division and war and hatred. And, and sometimes you could almost get overwhelmed by it. And, and I would be overwhelmed by it if I didn't know that my hope was founded in the Prince of Peace. And that, that I, that you, can you say I? You have peace. Peace is available to you always. Not because circumstances and situations are always going to line up and look perfect. But because God himself has given you a gift for every day of your life. Can I get an amen? So, Prince of Peace. Today, I really wanted to focus on the source of peace. 
and, and once more uh, I could ask you, who do you think the source of peace is? And the answer would be Jesus. So simple enough question, but I, I kind of wanted to look at what Scripture has to say about this and, and how Jesus made peace available and then also how we, can you say we, how we as a people can actually lay hold of this stuff. Because sometimes like, like we get used to saying that's, that, that God has done these things or God has said these things, but actually laying hold of them and experiencing them in demonstrating them in our everyday life, that's very different, isn't it? Just talking concepts to actually embracing and living in this stuff, that's that's pretty big difference, isn't it? Hello, church. Big difference. And I, I want to be living it out. And not just so I can be like, look at me, ultra-Christian. But so that we can actually be lights for Jesus. I want to interrupt the world with his goodness. That's our church. That's what we're here for. We demonstrate his life, love, his peace. So I want you first and foremost just to know, peace is from Jesus. And how many of y'all think it's good news that you have peace with God? That's good news, isn't it? I like having peace with God. Uh, this word actually for peace, if, if you look it up in the Hebrew, the, the word is shalom. Can y'all say shalom? We got a shalom in our church, Shalom Peterson. I love the little man, you know, he's amazing. Um, but this is what the word means. Completeness, safety, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment. Somebody needs that. That word's like sticking out. Wow. You can have contentment, peace, friendship, of human relationships. Man, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? Man, peaceful relationships with one another and then with God, especially in covenant relationship. Peace from war. How many of y'all would like to see peace from war? Yeah, me too. And then peace as an adjective. So pretty wide-reaching word, isn't it? Peace. And, and what, I want you to, what I want you to know is no matter what you've heard, or no matter how bad of a representation Christianity has been in the past, peace is from Jesus. And our Lord, we call ourselves Christians, right? If our source is Christ and we are Christians, then the same peace that Jesus gives, enables, and demonstrated is the same peace that we, as his people, will receive, live in, and demonstrate in our everyday lives. Amen, church. Just like anything, it, it's so funny, these words can just be words. You know, we talk about we are love church, right? We're not just talking about regular love. We're talking about God's love. Amen which is wild and radical and ridiculous. So, is, so it is with his peace. I'm not talking like, peace, brother, you know? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about the, the, the hippie movement. I'm talking about a real peace, something that God has for us. 
But I also don't want you to water it down with what you've heard peace be communicated as within Christianity. Because Jesus gave us some pretty clear statements about what his peace looks like in our life. So y'all with it for this series? It's going to be a fun ride, man. And this is what God has for us in our everyday lives. If you're wondering why he's called the Prince of Peace, I mean, you could explain it like, you know, Father God, he's the Son of the Father, therefore he's the Prince of Peace. You could explain it like that. Um, But the word Prince actually just means ruler of. Okay, so he is the ruler of peace. He is the Lord of peace. Peace. And guess what? When you serve the Lord of peace, you will have his peace in your life as a reality. Amen? So I just wanted to dive in for a moment and talk about uh, how we have peace with God. Let's look at Romans 5.1. This kind of talks about what Jesus did and how it all ties in and, and how he is the Prince of Peace. It says this, Our faith in Jesus, if y'all read the bold words with me, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. That's good news, isn't it? You can have true and lasting peace because you have been made can you say made Made. you have been made the righteousness of god in christ jesus there is such tremendous peace in that such tremendous peace in that you have been made the righteousness of that's second corinthians 5 21 if there's anybody taking notes and you want to write that down you have been made the righteousness of god in Christ Jesus. And so now he declares us flawless. Where are the flawless people in the house at? Raise your hand. You might be like, no, I'm flawed. Well, we all got stuff out here, but that ain't the real us. It's like, don't dumb God down to the current manifestation that you see in your life. Because who you are in here, who God has made us, the very righteousness of God himself, that's who we actually are. Anything else is a lie. We have been made the righteousness. He, he, he declares us flawless. It's absolutely beautiful. So, so because of what Jesus did. We have true and lasting peace. Um, how many of y'all have ever been, have had thoughts come to your mind of unworthiness? Anybody? Yeah? <laughs> Any of y'all not raising your hand? God bless you, man. Wow, you are good, ain't you? Wow. You know? But I think at some point in life, we've all had thoughts of unworthiness. Um, and, and I think what happens is, it, is, have any of you ever heard Satan referred to as the accuser of the brethren? So that's scripture. Scripture calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. So what that means is, is that Satan's working overtime to make you think that you are a lost cause. He likes to make you think that because of any current manifestation of, of failure or mistake, that you no longer have peace with God. 
And that is absolutely not true. Did you hear me? No matter, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, do not let the enemy try and make you think that you were not worth dying on a cross for. Because you were. And do not think that just because you had a hiccup, because we've all had hiccups. Anybody ever just done something dumb out of seemingly nowhere? Every, <laughs> real talk, right? Like, come on. Like, this happens. And I, I address that as a hiccup. Because it's just like, Bloop! oh, what was that? You know? And then guess what? You get over it. Do y'all know about seven small sips? Anybody know about that? Here's just some pastoral advice, you know? If hiccups are driving you crazy, just take seven. If you can make it through seven sips of undisturbed water, hiccups will go away. It's beautiful. I don't know. Maybe it's a placebo thing. Robin could probably tell you. She's like, there's no science to that, Stephen. You are wrong. I'm just saying it works for me. But a, a temporary and quick failure does not mean like God's not like, oh, we, we're, we're cool right now. No, we're not. Dummy, what'd you do? Get, get right and you can have your peace again. Get right and then we'll have peace. That's ridiculous. That's not how God works. You have peace, and even when you royally screw up, he is there with you to help you out of it. Because what sucks is if the devil can accuse you and make you think that you are unworthy, then what you will not do is confidently go to the throne of grace and say, I need you, Lord. Help me in this. Instead, we cubby off and we hide from God himself and his people. Listen, if you're in a hot mess, do not avoid church. Do you hear me? It might be hard as hell to get here, but you get here. Do not, do not avoid people who want to encourage you, who want to help you because you feel like you don't measure up. Yo, ah, Jesus died for you. And we are his people. And we, we see no person through a filter. None, none of us. And that's, that's, who we, that's what we ought to be yearning for. Amen, church? Sometimes we can be accidentally judgy. I'm not saying you won't ever feel that here. But as a people, we endeavor to see people not according to flesh, but according to what Jesus Christ has done. Amen? So, he has declared us flawless. The enemy comes up to you, yo, what about this? Go, oh, did you forget what Jesus said? Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. I, I, I referenced this, but I thought it'd be powerful if we just read it. You know, sometimes we think about God, sometimes even the way that people think about holiness um, kind of prevents them from coming to God because God is so other that we just can't engage with him. God doesn't even know what this is like to be tempted. That's ridiculous. I'm here to tell you, Jesus himself was tempted in all ways as we are. Look, for we do not have a high priest. This is talking about Jesus. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things. Can you say all things? Like, there is no situation you're going through that Jesus himself has not been tempted in. 
And I like to remember that. Oh, well, Jesus just wouldn't understand this one. You know? Yeah, he, he does understand it. And he wants to help you. He's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So guess what? He knows how to overcome it. He knows how to overcome it, y'all. He's experienced the temptation, but not yielded to it. He knows the way out. He knows the power to overcome. Therefore, let us draw near with what? What does that say? I heard it from Jamie and some boomy voice over here. What does it say? Okay, like 13 of y'all can read that. Draw near with what? There they are. Good morning, church. Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Not the throne of condemnation. Not the throne of I'm going to slap you side the face and then you're going to get right. <laughs> I don't know what you just said to me, Shara. <laughs> Let us draw near with confidence. You don't have to be afraid of him. We have peace with him. You can confidently draw near to the throne of grace in times of need because he actually wants to help you. He wants to help you. It's not a burden for him to help you. He wants to help you. Did you hear me? It burdens his heart to see his children hiding. Don't think that your issue is like too much for him to handle. It's not. He has clearly commanded us to give all of ourselves, all of our problems, all of our issues over to him because he has felt it. He knows the way out and he wants to help us. Amen? Peace with God. Whew. It's beautiful, isn't it? So, peace with God. I find this absolutely beautiful. Um, we read that portion of Scripture in Isaiah. And, you know, you'll read a lot of Old Testament portions of Scripture. And um, the Old Testament, man, there was quite a bit of hot mess going on back there, wasn't there? Yeah, how many of y'all are grateful that we live in a new and better covenant? <laughs> I need a bigger amen on that. Unless y'all want to go back to the Old Testament, man, because, like, I'm reading back there. I'm like, no, thank you. How many of y'all are grateful we live in a new covenant? Yeah, man. And, and you see, in the old covenant, there were people called prophets who God gave eyes to see what was going to happen in the future. This beautiful day where God himself was going to come and he was going to be the prince of peace and establish peace and give us something that we, that we need, that we were designed for. And so what we read in Isaiah was a prophecy saying, someday this will happen. Now, one of, one of my favorite things, I love this about Jesus, is in, in the New Testament, in those scriptures, you'll find him regularly saying things. And he's not like, dun, 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 prophecy fulfillment time. Everyone listen up. He'll just say these things, like kind of nonchalant, and he's fulfilling scripture as he does so. And sometimes our, our lack of Old Testament knowledge, sometimes we don't know what these prophecies say. And so we can let something that Jesus say just kind of like, you know, fall away and lose its power. But so I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to show you that Jesus himself said that he fulfilled that prophecy in Isaiah. We have both portions up here. We can go ahead and throw those up. 
So in Isaiah 9, 4, Jesus said this, or this was said of Jesus. For you shall, let's read this together, for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. You shall break the yoke of their burden. Anybody ever carry a burden around? Yeah? Um, so a yoke, if you don't know this, how many of y'all ever played Oregon Trail? Yeah, I'm like a certified millennial, so I, I was playing Oregon Trail with like the Matrix computer with like the green flashing cursor and you'd like hit Y for yes, you know, Y enter, and then like you'd see these ox-like creatures like do, you know? But what would happen is you'd see these ox-like green things on the screen and they'd be pulling a big cart. And you know, you had all your supplies in this cart. This was your, this was your stuff that was going with you to Oregon. And what, you couldn't see this in the graphics of the day, but that cart was connected to the oxen via what is called a yoke. Can y'all say yoke? We're not talking egg yolks, okay? We're talking a different kind of yoke. We're talking about the thing that enabled the carrying of this weight, okay? And so what Jesus did is he broke the yoke which tied us to our burdens. Did y'all hear me? Because that's good news. We were, we were strapped to sin, condemnation, guilt, shame. And what Jesus did broke that. And maybe, maybe you're not experiencing that freedom. I want to tell you today, that freedom is yours. Jesus broke it, don't carry it. If we're carrying that weight... I. I Sometimes it's easy to just say, let it go. And I'm not just saying to, to drop it because God did something greater. He replaced it. Look at this. This is what Jesus says. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me. Jesus said this. Come to me. I just, I feel the heart of people who are weary and heavy, heavy laden and just like God's heart for them. It's real. Jesus wants those, all of those who are weary and heavy laden to come to him. And he will give them what? Rest. Rest. Again, he won't, he won't beat them up. He's not going to lay a bunch of guilt and shame and condemnation on them. No, he's going to give them rest. Take my yoke. So, so Jesus is saying he, he has a yoke. He's saying, I got something for you. I want you to pull some things around in your life. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Y'all want rest for your souls? Yeah? God's given it to you. He's given it to you. I mean that. He's given that to you. And we can receive that as a people here today. If you're experiencing anything other, I would encourage you, receive this today. Even if it doesn't make sense, receive this today.
Y'all ready to read verse 30 with me? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christianity is not supposed to look like this. Oh. Oh. And I'm not saying that we don't ever go through hardships. And I'm not telling you to be phony. All right? But what I am saying is that God has replaced that life and he's given us something that is easy and light. I'm so grateful for that. Because the call of God on your life, every single one of you, is a big one. And I don't want you to be intimidated by it. It's big, but it's easy and light. The enemy might be throwing things at you. You still have his ease and his lightness. You still have rest for your soul. Amen? Come on, if you want it, say amen, because amen means so be it. Amen. amen. So, now that we've talked about peace with God, let's talk about the peace of God. Um, because we have peace with him, we can have the peace of him, right? Pretty basic concept. Um, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to show you some New Testament scripture, again, where Jesus said, my peace is available to you. Um, this is in 2 Thessalonians, I think. Yep, 3.16. says this. Now, read the bold words with me. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. The Lord himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Isn't that beautiful? God wouldn't, God wouldn't say this to us if it wasn't actually available to us, y'all. Um, we all have seasons where life out here is chaotic, right? But you can have peace in here no matter what is going on. And if you're in a place where you feel like that's not the reality, again, I would just encourage you to recognize it as reality. And we're going to talk about some practical steps in which you can actually embrace this. But before we get there, I thought, hey, this is the beginning of a series. We already defined peace in the Hebrew, right? Y'all remember that? Let's take a look at what the Greek for this word peace means. It's irene, and, and what it means is a state of national tranquility. Exemption from the havoc of war. Peace between individuals, harmony, concord. Security, safety, prosperity, felicity. We have a felicity in this church too. Man, they're nailing it. The Messiah's peace. Y'all ready to read this with me? Of Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. The tranquil state. Wow of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God. You're not afraid of him, right? And content with its earthly lot. Now that doesn't mean that we just don't do anything about anything. But what it does mean is that when anything happens, we're good. We're good. Anything happens, we are going to make it. And you can have peace in here. You can have tranquility of soul. Paul, who wrote 2 Thessalonians, he had been to prison. He had been beat. I mean like beat, man. 
There were times where, where he was dealing with sickness. There were times where people were rushing him out of the city. There was a time where people stoned him, like some people think actually to death, and that he was raised up from God. At the very least, he was stoned to what looked like he was dead. That's pretty hardcore. But he still had peace. I mean, he must have if he's the one saying that God can grant you peace in every circumstance, right? So what I love is we've already read this portion of scripture, but the bold part we have there, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Uh, Y'all remember when we read Matthew 11, the come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Let's pull that up. It says, you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that beautiful? So we see that God has promised and given rest for our soul. Can you say my soul? Say my soul can have rest. Like 20 of y'all are saying that. What about the rest of y'all? Your soul can have rest. Come on. It can. Get used to saying that and thinking that because it can. That's a promise of Jesus to you. Come to him. So Jesus is the source of peace. Again, I know this is kind of a simple thing, but we need to recognize it as truth in order to receive it from him, to approach him, to expect it, and to receive it. We need to know that he actually has given this to us. John 14, 25 to 27. Jesus said this to his disciples before he was going to go to the cross, and his disciples were really confused about a lot of things. They're just like, wait, Jesus, we thought you were going to like take over the earthly government and like, you know, establish some kind of earthly kingdom. Uh, he kind of did something a little bit different, didn't he? You know, and so they're pretty confused often. And so Jesus, he's kind of clearing some things up to them. He says, these things I've spoken to you while abiding with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. Y'all ready? My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Um, man, there's power in that. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. If you don't know that God's got peace for you, you're by default just going to assume that the fear and the troubled state of our mindsets is just our lot, right? Like that's just what we're going to have. He says, don't let yourselves be troubled or fearful because I've got something for you that replaces that, that casts out fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. You ever heard that before? I hope so. It's in that Bible that we talk about a lot. If you don't have one, we got them for free right out at the coffee counter. Go get yourself one after service. We'd love to hook you up. But it says in Scripture, perfect love casts out fear. Do not let your mindset go down these fearful and troubled ways. Dial in and let God reveal himself to you. Amen? So peace is not something 
that God is grabbing from the earth buffet and giving to us. Peace is his. Peace is, is, is a part of who he is. And so his presence in our life equals peace. Y'all picking that up? Peace is not a result of proper circumstances, but proper lordship. Can y'all say lordship? What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? Was it just something we prayed once upon a time? It means he's in charge, right? Um, Lord means above all, over all. And so when we call Jesus our Lord, that means he is above all and over all in our life, right? And so that means that every component, every facet of my life, I'm endeavoring to keep it under him, under his guidance, under his leadership, and under his peace. Did you hear me? Because when we submit every part of ourselves to him, every category of life to him, that's when we experience peace in all of those areas. And if I'm not experiencing peace in a certain area of my life, you know what I do? I go, oh, well, that's just a little component of my life that like skirted out of my lordship umbrella. Get your butt back over here. I want the peace of God. Because that's how I look at lordship. I look at Jesus' lordship in my life like an umbrella. And all of my life is under that umbrella, right? And, and again, anything that skirts its way out of that umbrella, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel it. And I'm not saying God's beating you up, but I'm saying we will experience what it feels like for God to not be in a part of our life if we will not let him be Lord over that part of our life. And so I'm not beating you up. I'm not saying, ugh, I don't even want to say it, but I hate the words shame on you. I'm not, I'm not saying, how could you? How could you not have peace in this area of life? I'm saying, recognize any lack of peace as an opportunity to invite God into it. And his presence, his power, his peace will manifest. Y'all believe that? Do you want it? <laughs> Y'all still frozen or what? So, Jesus' lordship uh, is, is, calling Jesus Lord is kind of synonymous with casting our cares on him. Y'all ever heard like, cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you? Yeah, that means get your cares under his lordship. Don't carry stuff on your own. Don't carry your burdens. Remember that? That yoke was broken. So why are we trying to still carry it? Everything under his lordship, everything with his easy and light yoke. So uh, God's peace, if you remember what we read here, is tied to a work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah, how many have ever heard of the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, I would guess that you're experience of Christianity is pretty stale. And, and I'm not saying that to be, again, I'm not like, ugh, you and your stale experience. I'm saying God's got more for you. God's got more for you, man. Because if, if your experience of Christianity has just been like principles and concepts, and I heard about Jesus and what he did one time, and I was like, that sounds cool. And I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, but you haven't had God move into and impact your everyday life, there is more for you. 
And God's impact and influence on your life is a beautiful thing. So how many of y'all think it would be worth submitting it all to him and letting Holy Spirit into our lives? Who is Holy Spirit? God himself promised to us by Jesus Christ when he said it would be better that Jesus went away. Because we, y'all, me, we get to live with God every day. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen and for sure. I got one woo after saying God will be with you every day. There we go. And he's in us. It's absolutely, it can't get closer than that. You don't have to go, Lord, I need your peace. Where is it? Look inside. Right? Like you already got it. Please, I really want it. You got it. You got it. But you do have to seek him. Because even though he's in us, sometimes we can give him the back burner. That's just truth, y'all. And I would encourage you, don't do that. Let his peace in you grow out of you as you every day endeavor to yield to the Spirit of God. Amen? Let's look at Galatians 5. This will be the second to last scripture probably that we look at. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit, of who? The Spirit. Who's that? That's, that's Holy Spirit. So the fruit of Holy Spirit in us, can you say in me? Amen. Looks like this coming out of you. says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. What's the next one? Peace, Peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Peace is a result of Holy Spirit in you, growing out of you as you on the daily yield to him. Amen? Amen. That's, ah, ah, ah. Do y'all see those gifts? That's beautiful. That does not look like what I see in the world right now. How do we stand out? This. And it's not by us trying to be these things. It's by us letting God be these things in us, to us, and through us. Amen? So, I wanted to wrap this whole thing up with a scripture that we've already read, but I just wanted to speak it out as a blessing over all of you here today. Um, again, I know that we're all in different situations. I know that. And in God, I'm so grateful that he makes me cry and he gives me a heart for hurting people. Because... I don't want any of us to become disconnected from the fact that in this world we have trouble and we have tribulation and sometimes that can hurt. But I want to tell you, I want to inject hope, okay? That's what we're here for. We say, what has God done? What does it look like in our lives? And what are we running towards? What are we receiving, right? So I want to speak this as a blessing over you. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians again. Let's all just close our eyes. I know that I don't know exactly what you're going through. But God does. God knows all the intricacies. 
He knows all of the hurt. And he's experienced the same stuff. And he said that you can have peace. You can have peace. So I say this over every person here right now. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. If you receive that this morning, say amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.